Hello, my name's Heather, and this is my posh boyfriend, Max. Hello. And this is our podcast, Posh Things My Boyfriend Says. So this is the first of our podcast, Posh Things My Boyfriend Says, which was inspired when I started dating you. You came out with these fucking weird oh god am i allowed to swear on it yeah of course you're allowed to swear (laughs) you can say whatever you want um you came out with these weird and wonderful and very bizarre things that i started taking a, a, a note of well the first the first thing that i ever wrote down um on the list let me let me refer because you started writing them down in my phone because you couldn't believe them right well yeah i don't and just because they were funny and then we sort of joked about making a twitter feed um a bit like you know overheard in waitrose but just overheard from me (laughs) exactly the first thing i ever wrote down was um the best wine I ever had was in a vineyard in Tuscany and I had this banging Chianti. <laughs> it was. It was really nice. <laughs> yeah, you just come out with um, all of this. I just think that's a totally normal shit. thing to say. So I, I said that once to, when we were talking about doing this, I said that to a friend of mine and I said, yeah, so one of the early comments that Heather recorded was me saying, oh, that, that this was a banging Chianti. And he just pulled a face and was like, yeah, fair comment. Because <laughs> I think it makes sense to people. So yeah, totally stand by that. Now, question. Yeah. Is the friend that you were, you know, spitballing with posh? He, well, it depend, that's a very interesting question. It depends what you mean. He may or may not have gone to the same school as me and has um, uh, a Labrador and... Um, other things. I'm sorry, I don't think uh, lab- having a Labrador qualifies you as being posh. But this was like the whole point of our well, then what, podcast, so So it? what does is my question then. So for example, I mean, I guess I, I guess because of the premise of this podcast, but do you think I'm posh? Yes, you are the poshest person I've ever met. <laughs> which is also why it's so weird that I'm now dating literally the poshest person yeah, I've ever met. Yeah, you said that the other day. What, what do you mean? Why is that weird? I just never imagined myself dating a posh person. Because I've had other people tell me to my face that I'm the poshest person that they've met as well, which I think is a pretty low bar because I don't think I necessarily am. So it's interesting that you say that, though, because you um, strangely went to school with my very good friend from university who, yeah. prior to me meeting you, was the poshest person that I'd ever met and when he um when I told him this he he said almost exactly the same which is well compared to some of the people I know I'm not posh at all yeah so this sort of sense of relative poshness is relative poshness maybe that should be the name of the episode um so what what is it that makes me and or a person posh do you think in your in your view I think money has you know a fair amount of stuff to do with it but for me poshness is it's a bit like um east egg and west egg in the great gatsby you're looking at me very quizzically it's not a reference i get yeah so in the great in the great gatsby there's the sort of area which is supposed to be you know the equivalent of the hamptons um and there's east egg and west egg and one of the eggs is the sort of um old 
posh money and the other egg is kind of new money and it's quite gauche and i mean you can't buy taste (laughs) which is exactly what a posh person would say um fine so money has a part to play in it yeah but it's definitely not all of it yeah so like if i met somebody for the first time they would have no idea how wealthy or not i was but would still be like fucking hell he's posh yeah it's partly because of your accent yeah for sure so that's okay so what one posh marker that you don't have is a signet ring yeah that's a very posh marker interesting why don't you wear a signet ring max because i don't um have one there isn't sort of a family crest don't come from the type of family that wears them like nobody parents grandparents cousins uncles whatever has or wears one um there's no sort of family history family crest so yeah it just doesn't it's just not a thing that would ever have come up and yet i'm still the poshest person various people have met so that i don't qualify on so so money partly accent apparently in a big way massively um signet ring possibly maybe what what else is there well you went to boarding school Uh uh-huh so that's quite that's quite a big one i mean you're privately educated from um nursery (laughs) in fact i think you said told me you went to prep school which i thought was an american thing no prep school is no that's (laughs) It's like when people tell me that they went, uh, they, they were in like year seven or something. I don't know what that means. What? I'm sorry, what? You don't know what year seven means? No, because we started in third form. Third form? Um, yeah. Okay. So, you, so you, you, go, you go to prep school and then, um, well, in prep school, we just had letters. So you started in F form and you make your way out to A form and then you start senior school, which is third form through to upper sixth. What, what, hang on, why does it go from F to A and then start at three? I don't know. I guess somewhere along the line in history, there was a first and a second form, but those, those got <laughs> dropped at some point. So now, yeah, it's third form. Um, for, and then third, fourth, fifth form, which is when you do your GCSEs, which is like year 12? 11. 11, fine. Yeah. Um, and then, then actually you start sixth form. Yeah. Which is which is a, which is like a universal thing. Yeah, like a weird crossover. Or you yeah. go to college. Um, I also went to a high school, which I've been pulled up on before. Because that's an American told, thing. Well, apparently not. Um, so there's lots of uh, English schools that are called high school. So my school was at- established, I think, in the sort of late 1910s. Oh, uh, see, my school was established been... in like the mid 1500s. Fuck <laughs> off. Oh, <my God. laughs> by by a king. So. You know, slightly. Also, we have a, um, school, a, anthem. a school song in Latin. In Latin? <laughs> in Latin, yeah. Which we have previously established just prior to recording this, that you can, uh, you have many special talents in Latin. Well, some used to be able to count to 10. I mean, there's a pop quiz. You asked me what a, a certain number was, come on, what it was in, in Latin. Uh, managed to get that. That was good. What is three in Latin, Max? It's just tres. It's just tres. Nothing special. <laughs> um... So, yeah, yeah, so, you know, Latin song, totally normal. Don't know why you wouldn't have one. Can you but... sing it for us now? <laughs> Absolutely not. Only mainly because I can't sing. The first line is, Olim fuit monocorum, which uh, means, like, once there was a king, 
so so you know there's certain hallmarks that that set my school out from other schools but i think it was it was pretty normal experience that and being a boarding school and and an all boys um school decidedly Uh, not normal (laughs) and i would say like produces some um uh, interesting humans some just extremely nice well-rounded people basically so you were talking about this with your friends the other day though weren't you mm. you weren't around girls that much were you i guess if you're in an all-boys school and one of yeah. the cool things about boarding school is that you get to live with your mates yeah exactly like when i when i was a 13 year old girl i'd bloody loved that yeah i remember at 10 years old nine or 10 years old like actively lobbying my parents to be allowed to board because Everyone was just having so much fun that I wasn't because I was what's called a day boy. So I'd sort of go in for the day, get picked up in the afternoon. But yeah, you're right. It's sort of this magical fantasy place where everyone, you're just in this massive environment with all your best mates and you have free reign to run around and do dares and get up to shenanigans and all sorts, which was great. Um, so, okay, so so boarding school or being um, privately educated was definitely a thing. definitely a marker. Which yeah. we'll we'll circle back at some point to the whole like private public school thing, which debate. is a bugbear of yours. It's a massive bugbear. Yeah, of she mine, doesn't yeah. like it. Um, so speaking of you, because we've only spoken about me, you're not posh, are you? I am. Would you say not posh? Why not? Well, I did not go to boarding school. Right. Um. I don't have a massively strong northern accent, but it's definitely there. It's been softened by years in London. Yeah, I think I think that's right. Yeah. I'm from a working class family. What does that mean? Uh all my family work. I don't <laughs> <laughs> Um all my family have traditionally worked in like blue collar um blue collar jobs. You know, we don't have doctors, lawyers in the family at all, businessmen or anything. Mm. Um, although having said that, my brother-in-law's um, self-employed. But yeah, we're, we're very, very much working class. My granddad was an engraver. Like we're from Manchester. As far as you can trace my family back, we're cotton weavers, <laughs> basically. Um, so yeah, very much from sort of working class stock. So you wouldn't necessarily have imagined ended up dating somebody like me? No, definitely not. Definitely not. Largely because amongst amongst a whole bunch of other reasons, your your worlds don't collide like that. Yeah. So if I hadn't have gone to university and moved to London um, and kind of stayed in and around my home town... You know that there's there's a, a gradient of posh where I'm from. You know mm. the posh houses in the village, but I wouldn't have said those people are posh. That's fun. I like that the sort of um, describing things as posh. So one of my favourite references ever was uh, a friend of mine I lived with at university who had just like a shocking, even by normal university standards, a shockingly poor diet, and she used to eat cold beans out of oh, a can, so for example. Grim. Um, but then one time we asked, kind of, we were sort of te- teasing her, we asked her what she was making for dinner that evening. She said, oh yeah, I'm going to have beans from a can, obviously, but I'm going to add some herbs to it to make it taste posh. <laughs> and that's so funny to me. There's this weird thing in um, England where you'll describe things that obviously aren't 
to do with being posh in the normal sense as being posh, like an expensive house might be described as being posh, or like having nice food might be might be called posh. Is that is that a thing? Def- I mean, definitely. My my mum um, <laughs> <laughs> my mum is hilarious when it comes to this sort of stuff and I remember her once saying um so I offered to make a a stew and my mum like my death row meal is my mum's braising steak stew which I don't know how she does it but it just tastes like total magic Mm. and uh (laughs) I offered to make a stew when she was poorly and she said yeah all right love but you know just as long as you don't do anything posh with it like add garlic (laughs) (laughs) that quintessentially posh thing (laughs) that posh thing of garlic garlic. yeah so stuff like food is quite an interesting one actually because before I got to university I'd never eaten hummus I'd never had avocado and like hummus and avocado in my mum's brain are like two markers of poshness and I've now crossed over to the other side and yeah. bless her every time I go home she'll buy me an avocado <laughs> and she calls it an avocado. <laughs> so she she buys me an avocado to make me feel more at home when I go back oh, home to visit. That's, but that's really interesting <laughs> because the avocado thing is kind of more like millennial than posh isn't it? Are we sort of aligning... Millennial of... mid- middle class, I'd say. Right. It might not be posh posh. Not posh like right. signet ring posh, but, you know, um, definitely not beans out of a can. Because that, cause sort of a related point, that's interesting that my... I don't think I've ever heard my parents describe something as posh, really. Do you know what I mean? Like, we wouldn't say, like, oh, that's a posh house or a posh, um, like food item or something would you say like i don't know well to do instead or or is it just not a concept nice yeah yeah i don't know well see Uh, that's quite interesting though because then whatever i would call posh for you guys would be normal so you wouldn't have a separate name for it because it doesn't have a sense of otherness about it yeah that's interesting do you describe stuff as working class no that would be weird as well yeah i think it would be weird it'd be a bit sneering it would be massively sneering (laughs) Yeah, like, <laughs> are you going to wear that hat? That's a big bit working class, isn't it? I don't know. You you, you know I own a flat cap, don't you? So yeah, has but, anybody you know. ever said that to you? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, definitely not once I've opened my mouth. So I think, so going back to the point, <laughs> it's normally it's normally the accent thing, isn't it? That marks yeah, somebody do- out. I think that's a big one. So can somebody who's very poorly spoken be posh? Let's oh, Greek logic question. this thing. Let's, you know, get a few logic gates going. Um, <laughs> so, I've got a degree in philosophy as well, and I don't even know what you mean by that. <laughs> I'm, I'm probably misusing it then. Um, so, well, that's something to pick up on, I think, another discussion. But um, another thing, I think, that sort of can come with the posh territory. That again, so what interests me is when you meet somebody for the first time, and you say, like, hello and exchange a few words, they'll think, oh, my gosh, he's the poshest person ever. And, like, what is it in those few moments that sets that off? And one thing is the accent. The other thing I think we tripped over slightly there is maybe, like, just a a sort of confidence or a back-yourself attitude that meant that I'm willing to throw out terms about Greek logic that I don't even know or understand just because I sort of assume I'll be right about stuff and you just style it out even if you're not. And I think that that comes up all the time, doesn't it? It does, in, definitely. In discourse about this. I think a private school education 
from an outsider's perspective seems to give you a sort of an innate sense of um entitlement and I, and I don't I don't mean that in a oh, bloody entitled sods but I mean there is just you're kind of brought up with a sense of like you know I have a abundant capability and talent to offer the world and you know why shouldn't I be able to do these yeah. things um it it seems like you're not restricted in your own ambition about what you can achieve or not whereas at school I don't really remember teachers having many conversations with us about when you go to university um going to university wasn't a certainty for everybody yeah whereas I feel like in private school everybody just assumes you're going to go to university yeah I think that's right yeah yeah bog standard whereas that wasn't the case no not when I was in school anyway which is a lot longer ago than than we want to admit yeah literally half our lives ago what? No, that can't be right. Yeah. Jeez. We're just about to turn 30. Yeah, so we didn't go to university when we were 15. No, I know, but when we're having oh, in third form. conversation in third form. <laughs> now nah, you're 13 in third form. Anyway, anyway, believe it or not, this is supposed to kind of mainly be a dating podcast. Yeah. I think. Sort of, yeah. Sort of. So what, um, I mean, we, we've ended up uh, or when I say ended up together, we we met and fell in love, and now have been together for just over a year and yeah. live together, um, which is great. Thank you, Hinge. <laughs> Bridging the social divides. If Hinge want to sponsor this podcast, very welcome. <laughs> happy to happy to arrange that. Um, so yeah, we can do the testimonials ourselves, Gary. <laughs> Um, so, and which, which, as you said earlier, is like not something that you would have imagined happening. So, in terms of like dating somebody, what what differences or like are, are there any things that you've noticed going out with me and getting to know my friends and seeing them in their own dating worlds and stuff that's just made you go like, what is up with this bunch? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a whole homoerotic angle to (laughs) men who've been to boarding school which i think is uh very interesting don't know what you mean but no more more broadly i don't think it's i don't think it's necessarily that much different in terms of i don't know stages of courtship that you go through or something but it's for me it's definitely a lot about terms of reference and things that um, if I was going out with somebody who went to the same school as me or was from the same sort of town, mm. there's certain things, concepts, whatnot, that I wouldn't have to explain or vice versa for you. So like that whole exchange about years in school. Yeah, it just wouldn't happen. It, it just wouldn't happen. Yeah. So for me, it's quite interesting because um, in a weird way, I feel like we're both constantly learning new things yeah I get that I get that um so that's definitely a a point of difference okay and we've um spoken to friends of ours who have been lucky enough I would say to start dating people who went to um illustrious boarding schools um uh that sounds so arrogant (laughs) (laughs) what lucky enough to be dating people who've gone to illustrious (laughs) boarding schools they just churn out incredibly nice well-rounded chaps that's all (laughs) Um, 
So that um, innate confidence stuff that we were talking yeah, exactly. about. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what there. I don't know what that means. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, uh, they certain comments being made about like you know people um, who come from that background potentially possibly being emotionally less available oh, yeah. or in that's touch one. with that side of things. When you say that's a big one, what do you mean? Well, our most recent, um, we've been on, you know, a full year cycle together. So have now gone through all of the various, um, you know, occasions within a year in which one would exchange cards for things. <laughs> and have I have learned that that is just not a thing. Um, that I don't know whether it's particular to you Why or to, to posh boys in general. I think maybe it is so just I, to it you. It didn't occur to me to buy Heather a Christmas card. No. Because you were there on Christmas. So yeah. I just said. Meanwhile, just my family, who you'd met once, yeah. were busy sending Be presents, presents <laughs> and cards. Yeah, that was, that was <laughs> which, an interesting Which one. was, you know... <laughs> A constant delight every time we got something new and your oh face God, would just, just sort in of a fall. Pit of despair, <laughs> uh, trying to claw my way out of it with my um, personalised letters, which I thought were very Thank nice. You, with my, my um, headed notepaper, you know, which I give everyone. <laughs> which, when that arrived at my family, oh, my family WhatsApp group just blew up with like, <laughs> fucking hell, Heather, he's posh enough that he's got his own stationery. Just makes sense, you know, that is nice and clear who it's from and how I can be contacted. <laughs> madness, uh, madness. Honestly. So yeah, so I have to sort of, provide you with a bit of a heads up that I'm going to buy you a card for an occasion like our recent anniversary yeah I reminded you not to buy one but that I was going to buy it was much appreciated I was going to give you a card yeah um and so that gave you an opportunity to uh, reciprocate should you but that but that's a really interesting one do you think there's a certain sort of um way that if you're um posh or wealthy that you don't need you don't feel the need to have like things do you know what I mean like the, mm. there's a bit of a stereotype of uh, a posh wealthy person that will have sort of third generation Wellington boots that have been handed down years and years yeah and, sort like, of weirdly thrifty yeah exactly and, yeah. Like, like my my mum and it's kind of passed on to me just like loves living out of not living out of but you know getting loads of things from charity shops because, like, you know, what's the need to buy new yeah, things? Yeah, which and I is don't think true. That's really interesting. I think maybe that's potentially part of it, is sort of the whole present giving thing. You mm. sort of... The, the giving of the actual presents isn't really so much of a thing because sort of, I don't know, material stuff isn't what it's all about. Maybe, yeah, maybe. I definitely think there's a sense um, of... I guess if you're working class that you know you kind of work hard to be able to buy something new and so that's yeah. a, a kind of a measurement of success to a certain extent yes I get that so what what we uh, are hoping to do with this podcast I think is explore keep exploring all of these different aspects of going out with somebody sort of in in a very british sense like across the social divide mm. and that might mean that you're like our our anonymous friend who dated a boy from eton and um we'll come to that another time but mm. um 
it wasn't necessarily it had its pitfalls it was not a hinge success story <laughs> again hinge if you're listening uh very happy to be sponsored by you um and uh you know or you're going out with this person and you fall in love with them and then you realize that you just have totally different frames of references and ways of looking Absolutely. at things um so we welcome we would love to hear from anyone out there that has a similar experience or has questions that they want us to address. Because I think now we're getting quite expert, I think, at sort of providing advice to people who are in a similar situation. Which we is can just... so dangerous. Well, no, <laughs> so, you so know, dangerous. I think it's great because we, we can cover all angles. I've got it, you know, sorted from the... Um, what's going on with you all male boarding school types the posh perspective <laughs> the pp um <laughs> and uh and you can cover the other end as it were normal people everywhere <laughs> <laughs> um so if you have questions thoughts scenarios if you need help advice or a bit of guidance then you can contact us on posh things my boyfriend says at gmail.com because we've got an email address now. We do. Very um, you can get us on our Twitter feed. Which is at PoshThingsMy. Uh, on Twitter. We're working on Instagram. Yeah, I got I got us blocked somehow. I'm not entirely sure yeah, how that like happened. Um, so watch this space on Instagram. Um, and we will be back soon with more, um, you know, interesting insights into the weird world of um, dating uh you know, people from a different background. And I appreciate this is actually is a very... Um, I'm going to flatter myself and pretend that we're going to have international listeners. Shocker. <laughs> but if you're an international listener, um, this might not make that much sense. But um, in the UK, this whole posh, not posh thing is, is still a massive deal. Um, so I think it's really interesting. that We're there. You and me are at the forefront, breaking it down. Absolutely. Anglophiles globally. Yeah. Will be using us as their... As, as their guide. As their cultural all about. guide. Yeah. So for the record, apparently, we've discussed and decided on this podcast, if you meet somebody that sounds like me, that's a posh person. <laughs> that's a posh person. There we go. Question one resolved. <laughs> Done. Four or five inches away from the microphone, talking away. See, I have to get my face right close. <laughs> right, right close. <laughs>